When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's December 6th, 1969, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Netflix's documentary Woodstock 99 charts the chaos of a concert that 30 years later tried to recapture the magic of the most famous rock festival of all time. But there was another out-of-all-control music event that tried to catch that same lightning in a bottle, and it took place just a few months after the original Woodstock, the Altamont Speedway Free Festival, and the chaos all began today in history back in 1969. And depending on who you believe, the idea of having this massive free concert was either the brainchild of the Grateful Dead or Jefferson Airplane. I don't want to wade into that one. I mean, I know the Deadheads are really serious people. I assume probably the same about Jefferson Airplane. But <laughs> it, very quickly, it was the Rolling Stones that came to be seen as the face of the festival. They'd just finished a US tour and they'd been criticised for the high ticket prices. So the idea of them ending their US visit with a big free concert seemed like it would be excellent publicity. And also something that they'd done before in Britain, which I think is an important part of the story as to what went wrong later. They'd done a free concert in Hyde Park, which had gone well. And that, they'd been mistakenly led to believe, had been policed by Hells Angels. So when it came to create this new festival, they had the same thought. I know who we should get doing the security, not police officers, because, hey, that's to the man. But Hell's Angels, what could possibly go wrong getting the most vicious motorbike gang in the area to police a hippie music festival? Yeah, and according to one account, the Hell's Angels were brought on board basically in exchange for $500 worth of beer as a gratuity. Well, and the Rolling Stones road manager at the time, a guy called Sam Cutler, said that they were actually only tasked with guarding the generators. But, like, how is it better to have said we hired no security? (laughs) Well, at least the generators were guarded. There were actually hundreds of genuine security guards there but they had been hired by dick carter the owner of the speedway and they were basically there in plain clothes to make sure that his racetrack didn't get trashed they were not there to protect anyone or to intervene in fights or keep order they were literally there to be like hey don't hit those sidings well the thing is it had only been decided that it was going to be at this location in tracy california because the previous location sears point in sonoma where a large crowd could have been accommodated and they had practice at running festivals like this and they had on-site security and they had a stage built two days before the concert was due to take place asked for a fee and distribution rights to the film that was being made at the concert. Now, this is the Rolling Stones movie, Gimme Shelter, which Mick Jagger had a stake in and was not going to give up any of the film's profits. Mm. So, you know, despite this being a hippie festival where they weren't getting paid and it was all free love, (laughs) the whole purpose really was to give a great climax to Gimme Shelter, the movie that was being filmed about the Rolling Stones tour. Jagger didn't want to give up any money, certainly not $100,000. So with just two days to go, they changed the location to this racetrack because... 
they knew that tens of thousands of people were going to descend on a place. It needed to be somewhere quiet. And this place was available for free. The owners just wanted the publicity. What they hadn't accounted for, which is extraordinary considering this was the West Coast Woodstock, and this is exactly what happened to Woodstock, (laughs) is that if you invite 50,000, 300,000 are going to turn up. Yeah, I mean, if you picture like a classic American racetrack, so Sears Point, which was the other venue they had been considering, but they didn't want to pay the money up front to have it, the staging area was on a rise in the centre of the track, whereas Altamont, it was more like there was a pit in the centre of the track. Mm. So yeah, this stage was only one metre above the ground, obviously a huge danger to the act, and obviously a huge crush risk as well, because the crowd is on a slope. Yeah, this is the bit I don't understand, though. Everyone's like, oh, you know, they only had a stage that was three foot high, so this was a poorly <laughs> chosen location. I, I, give me an hour, I could double the height of that stage. Like, what? <laughs> What's so difficult about putting some bricks under the... I, that's the bit I don't understand. I Why didn't they just build just, a taller they, stage? They didn't have a spare hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think... I literally think that they just didn't have the time. And, they, you know, like, you can't just get stage stuff from anywhere. I guess you've got to arrange all the building blocks and what have you. It but they managed to like fly the Rolling Stones people. there by helicopter, bring some bricks. <laughs> well, they did put the Hells Angels to use for this because they got some of the Hells Angels to sit on the edge of the super low stage to try and discourage people from invading, which actually is a pretty good deterrent. You know, it's probably mm. better than a another three foot of stage just to have a few hell's angels sitting around with you know broken snooker cue and despite their presence or probably even because of it let's face it things got pretty heated pretty quickly and descended into just like violence within the crowd but also uh, the co-lead singer of jefferson airplane marty ballon got dragged into the audience and pummeled by one of the hell's angels so like there was this huge like even for the people who were performing there was this growing sense that like this isn't safe for the crowd but it also isn't safe for us and there were four deaths on site now obviously with 300,000 people at a music festival even though that sounds horrific that's actually maybe not that unexpected you know you get people who trip out on drugs too hard you get people that are hit by cars in the parking lot I mean that does happen even now at music festivals but one of those deaths was an 18 year old audience member who was stabbed to death by a member of the Hells Angels that were supposed to be there for his security this was Meredith Hunter who was an African American with a white girlfriend so people say now well you know maybe he was already being eyed up and targeted really by these Hells Angels who wouldn't have liked him being there He jumped up onto a speaker to get a better look at the stage and then was hauled off by members of the gang who punched him and said, get down from there. I mean, to be fair, at this point, they're kind of doing their job. He then reaches for a gun. He's madly high on drugs and he's taken a weapon in with him. He didn't shoot anyone, but he, he, for his own security, took the gun out of his pocket, at which point he was besieged by Hell's Angels and stabbed to death and thrown up on stage still alive at this point, flailing around, whilst the Stones are performing. I mean, it's an extraordinary moment, which then, ever since, has been talked about as much as it has by the Stones as the moment that a mad gunman landed on their stage rather than the moment that a vulnerable member of the crowd needed some help. And the killing was caught on camera by Baird Bryant, who was filming Gimme Shelter, who was part of the team. But the Stones themselves were unaware of the series of what looked like yet another scrap. You know, you can hear Mick Jagger. They'd already paused the set like several times because of fights in the crowd. So he pauses the song and he says, we've really got someone hurt here. Is there a doctor? But then they carry on playing just because this has happened so much. Like... Stephen Stills of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young had been stabbed in the leg repeatedly with a spoke by one of the Hells Angels, you know. As we said, the lead singer of Jefferson Airplane had been punched in the face by an angel. A woman who was in the all-female rock band Ace of Cups who was supporting them 
A beer bottle was hurled from the crowd and knocked out their guitarist, Denise Kaufman, who was six months pregnant. She had a skull fracture. Crikey. Well, yeah, the very first thing that happened to Mick Jagger when he stepped off his helicopter was that he got punched in the mouth. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon in the amount of people being punched. Oh, that reminds me of my favourite Mike Tyson quote, everyone has a a plan until you punch them in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it does feel like that, that they had this sort of great idea that they were going to turn up and have this really sort of um, relaxed, lovely afternoon with the setting sun behind them. And actually, they got this Lord of the Flies-like situation. And I think that then that is also the thing that helped so many of the commentators reach the conclusion that this is like an obituary for the late 60s American youth culture peace and love generation. Yeah, I mean, you can see why that was tempting, because this is December 1969. So it is literally the end of the decade. You can see that people are looking for an event to say the cultural shift that's happened over the last 10 years is over. But you can also see why this perfectly suited their needs to make that point. I mean, it's interesting because we've Mm. on the show a few weeks ago identified what could be said to be the start of the 60s, in Britain at least, the Lady Chatterley's lover trial. Mm. You know, the idea that all the taboos have gone, you know, class barriers are broken down. And then you do have this moment which does kind of plausibly make a case for being the end of the 60s. A free love event without free love where people were just there to party and it ended in violence and a shambles does kind of presage the 70s quite well. Yeah, Yeah, especially when you look at the negative coverage that Woodstock did get at the time. It was over relatively pissy stuff like, it's really muddy and like, there's drugs there. But even the mainstream media had to grudgingly acknowledge that it had been remarkably peaceful and successful. But because Woodstock was... Woodstock, that had just happened. It wasn't yet apparent that another massive open-air concert with Pretty Lax organisation and loads of drugs wasn't going to be so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) The Rolling Stones have been notably silent, really, about this event. I think partly because possibly Jagger had had death threats from Hells Angels-affiliated groups after this and therefore obviously didn't want to talk about it publicly. That might actually explain the, the one quote I found about it from Keith Richards, who said... It was basically well handled, but lots of people were tired and a few tempers got frayed. And he, he said later, and on the whole, it was a good concert. You're like, no, it wasn't. That's not what people are going to remember. <laughs> that is some great English understatement, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's why the British invasion could never meaningfully last. <laughs> a good time was had by most. <laughs> Tomorrow. So he got badges printed with the words, why haven't we seen a photograph of the whole earth yet? Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.